0: But I think for a lot of these startup businesses, they're, they're there's a big gap between you know, fiber-delivered broadband services that they can get and then everything else in the market as far as the service that they can get. And, and I think that's where this network comes in.
1: Hello, this is the Community Broadband Bits Podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. I'm Lisa Gonzalez. Many of us dream of living in regions surrounded by natural beauty, such as mountain communities, the open range, or lush forests. Unfortunately, these geographies are not necessarily ripe with broadband networks. A growing number of these communities are organizing to take control of their situations and invest in fiber networks for economic development. In Bozeman, Montana, a group of community leaders, businesses, and residents have moved beyond an idea to work toward better connectivity. In this podcast, Chris touches base with several guests in Bozeman, Britt Fontenot, the City of Bozeman Economic Development Director, David Fine, City Economic Development Specialist and Project Manager for the Bozeman Fiber Initiative, and Anthony Kokenauer, who is President of Local Hoplite Industries. In addition to being a local business leader, Anthony is also working on the Bozeman Fiber Initiative. In this discussion, Britt, David, and Anthony describe how they've moved from vision to reality. They talk about their inclusive approach to keep providers engaged, and they discuss their long-term plan for the network. Each week, we bring you the latest on municipal networks and telecommunications through the Community Broadband Bits podcast, and we don't share any annoying advertisements, but we sure could use your support. Please take a moment to go to ILSR.org and click on the orange Donate button, or you can also click on Donate at MuniNetworks.org. Every contribution is appreciated. Now here are Chris, Britt, David, and Anthony discussing the Bozeman Fiber Initiative.
2: Welcome to another edition of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. I'm Chris Mitchell, and today I've got a bunch of guests on the phone. We're going to talk about Bozeman, Montana. We're going to start with Britt Fontenot, the City of Bozeman Economic Development Director. Welcome to the show, Britt.
3: Thanks, Chris. Pleasure to be here. Thank you.
2: We're also going to have David Fine, the Economic Development Specialist and Project Manager for Bozeman Fiber Initiative. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. And we've also got Anthony Kokenauer, the President of Hoplite Industries and a private business representative that's working on the plan. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So I'd like to start by going to Brit and asking you, for people who haven't ever heard of Bozeman or haven't had the pleasure of spending a night or two there like I have, uh, how would you describe it?
3: thanks Chris uh, so Bozeman, Montana is a uh, a Rocky Mountain community situated about eighty miles to the west of uh, Yellowstone National Park to the north and west of Yellowstone National Park. so we consider ourselves not only a gateway community to to all things outdoors but we're also the uh, the land the home of the land grant institution uh, for the state of montana Monta- montana state University so we're very proud of that association and to host them in our city of bozeman We're about a city of about forty thousand uh, and so we've got a we're a growing community, one of the fastest growing communities in the state of Montana, both in terms of population and our economy. And uh, so, so my role at the city of Bozeman is to try and um, uh, understand where that's headed and see what we can do to provide uh, good economic development projects that will keep growing our economy, um, diversifying our industries and creating jobs.
2: And I'd like to ask uh, Anthony, um, can you describe a little bit what the need is like there? I mean, I think a lot of people, when they think of a city in Montana, they may think extractive industries first, but you sound like you're a very sophisticated, uh, next-generation, next-economy kind of company.
4: Yeah, we actually uh, have a very diversified mix, of geography considered. We're, we're pretty heavily diversified with high-tech, biomedical, photonics. Um, Healthcare and kind of healthcare research, um, and and as well as complementing all the agricultural extractive industries that that you may consider when you see large mountains and beautiful valleys, things of that nature. I would say that the need is, uh, regardless of the size or location of of the uh, the community, really kind of comes down to three basic areas. And maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but as we see it, it's uh, economic development to continue that broad-based, diversified uh, economic development that fits what we're after here as a community and as a region. The second is really education. 2014-2015 uh, uh, school year is, is uh, Montana's first year for Common Core curriculum. So that has significant impact in terms of network and Internet resources for all of our public, uh, public uh, education institutions. The third really is healthcare. Uh, with a large number and, fortunately, a growing number of critical access hospitals, uh, rural clinics, things of that nature. The key enabler for those is, of course, uh, broadband and uh, accessible diversified services. So those are really, as we sat down to quantify, what is there a need, what is the need, and, and how we articulate that? Those were the three that kept coming up, and, and those have really been the underpinning for what we've tried to deliver.
2: Well, I'd like to dig into a little bit of of the process that you went through. And so, David, as the project manager, maybe you can walk us through uh, the the point at which, uh, you know, you as a representative of the city of Bozeman, uh, how did the city of Bozeman discover that it had a need and what steps did you start taking to bring this conversation around?
0: Sure. Well, I I came to the project um – kind of in the middle of the exploratory phase, Um, but there was actually a really robust um, group of stakeholders that had kind of organically formed a steering committee, and I I think Britt could probably talk a little bit more about how the steering committee formed, because I think um, having these people come forward and invest so much of their time is a big part of the reason we've
3: gotten to this point with this project.
2: Yeah, Britt, how did the group of stakeholders come together?
3: So over a year ago, uh, Duat, uh, excuse me, the former CIO of MSU, Dewitt Latimer, and I were, were discussing some of his goals uh, as, a, as a new CIO in, in Mon- at Montana State University. What he saw as some potential, not only for um, for town gown opportunities between the university and the city, but some real some real impactful projects that had the potential uh, to, uh, in economic development terms, to really um, change the way we uh, do business, if you if you would pardon the pun there. And Dewitt had a lot of experience coming from uh, the university. of Notre Dame in uh, South Bend, Indiana. So he took what he had learned there uh, with the St. Joe Joe County Metronet, and he Really thought he was inspired to do something similar to that here in Bozeman, and um, uh, and for those those that know, knew Dewitt uh, knew how much he, he added to our to our community in the short time was he was here. But unfortunately, Dewitt passed away uh, in a, in a motorcycle accident at the very front end of this. But his his effort and spirit and, and, and vision continue to live on. And so it was with his um, uh, with his real credibility, he reached out to many of the stakeholders uh, that put that, that are on the broadband steering committee, including uh, even up to. Today, including Anthony, who's on the phone now, and, and others like Dr. Doug Gale and um, you know Rob Gilmore, Matt Johnson from the banking community. We have got other private sector um, private sector individuals in the computing industry, but also financial figures and uh, private sector um, uh, business persons. And so we really tried to to round out a group of community stakeholders who who could buy into the vision of of moving Bozeman from um, uh, f- from a sort of adequate service to what we, what we consider to be robust, redundant, and, um, you know, 21st century service to set our community up for the future.
2: The way that you've addressed this group coming together, I think, happens in a lot of different places where you have a, a few people who have uh, positions in the community of leadership and they, they call some of their friends and they get together. But it doesn't always result in this kind of approach where you actually have results so quickly. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious, Anthony, if, if you can identify anything that really helped to make sure the steering committee turned into a real viable project.
4: I think the two elements that stand out there, Chris, really come down to, uh, just fortitude, um, not, not taking no for an answer. Not that we really encountered a lot of no's, but we definitely had our mindset on positive outcomes. And I think that really bolstered all of the broad and deep relationships that we have, even up to and including carriers such as CenturyLink and Charter Communications, um, as well as the many, many rural co-ops and independent ISPs that um, uh, I think especially the private sector folks um, on the committee uh, involved in this project brought to the table. And we started socializing the, um, the notion of open access, right, that some of the open access and um, open arms uh, type policy. We started socializing that early and often to really let the private sector players know that we weren't here to compete with them. In fact, we're here to enable their businesses and uh, allow them to hit the ground running faster. And I think it was that combination of just really sticking to it and being persistent with it and also making sure that we were able to articulate the benefits to the private sector. If you roll those things all together and, you know, two years worth of effort and and we arrive at where we are today. I think we have happy potential partners and definitely,
2: David, we've already started talking about open access, and I I think probably most of the audience has heard the term before, but uh, maybe you can fill us in a little bit on what you have in mind in terms of how Bozeman will be approaching open access and what that means.
0: Sure. So we've been working with some consultants from Design9 who have done this in a number of other communities, Um, but we really like their open access approach because um, what what they're doing is building what's primarily a layer 2 open access model we're releasing circuits to providers to provide a wide variety of services. And as we all know, broadband's not just limited to the internet as a service. There's all kinds of other services. And I think um as as we open up the network model of what we do here, we're going to see all kinds of services we haven't even thought of because it would be it would be too difficult to deliver them um, with with the network services that we have today. And so uh you know, our our goal is to facilitate um, as many providers as possible, providing a wide diversity of services in Bozeman, and and really use the network as as infrastructure and as an opportunity um, for people to provide uh, more and better services in Bozeman.
2: And do you have any commitments from existing service providers or entrepreneurs who are excited to offer services, or is it too early in the game yet?
0: We we have had two that have, have made that kind of. Kind of a broad commitment in writing to the project. Um, TCT, which is uh, uh, Tri County Telecom, they actually uh, are one of the providers on the City of Powell, Wyoming's open access network. And then there's another uh, small carrier called Treasure State Internet that's also um, committed to to ride the network if we end up building it. And so that that's just two. And we've had a number number of discussions with other companies.
2: And Britt, I'm, I'm curious in terms of the different services that David just mentioned that would be available. You know, as an economic development person, I, I'm curious if you have a sense of how existing businesses are excited about this or, or if you have any sense of how this might in, uh, encourage new businesses to come into the region.
3: Well, I'm optimistic on both fronts. And the businesses that we talked to and the ones that have appeared you know, at the public hearings, when we've discussed this this topic before our local elected officials, have uh, all expressed a, a desire or need to have better um, better services here locally in, in the Bozeman area, and so so they're excited and. In the sense that we've gotten our plan through the commission, we've got a unanimous approval for what we what we've been talking about for so long, and now we just now our challenge is to put it put it in the in the ground and make it make it functional. But so so in that sense, um, those those businesses that have been following this project for so long, including a few that are on the on the steering committee, are very excited about what the future holds. The, you know the um, the film the filmmaker who who won't have to dedicate a, a, a computer and a, and a person 12 hours to upload his high definition movies to National Geographic. Like that guy is really excited about what you know what fiber can mean for his business. Um, the folks that are in our, in our downtown core who have to are uh, who are a software as a service company and require the internet to be on to be on 24/7, 365, in order to be, to, to pay their bills are excited about uh, new and more robust services. Uh, so, so I would say the. There's a, an excitement level that's been building most recently over the last uh, couple of weeks because we've been slowly, methodically, and thoughtfully working through this process, as Anthony describes, um, getting all the stakeholders around the table numerous times to understand what the pros and cons are, where, where we can make the proposal better. And, uh, and so now that it's, it's been sort of unleashed on the community, I feel like um, there will be there's a lot of interest yet to be generated, but it seems to be happening.
2: Anthony, I'm curious how this will impact your business. Um, is this something that you're just dying for, or is this just a matter of you would like to have a reliable, uh, redundant kind of connection uh, that would supplement what you already have?
4: Uh, frankly, a little bit of both, but uh, very much for the uh, for the business impact. This will actually be our second round of working with such a fiber project, first of which was actually just about 80 miles west over in Butte, Montana, uh, last year they lit up uh, I think it was about a 30 mile fiber ring redundant ring uh, you know with uh, they definitely had their eyes on economic development much as we do and the, the advantage for hoplite industries or I think really any kind of uh, end point or and customer focused uh, business is that uh, so it's a built-in customer base for us we definitely plan to be uh, directly connected early on on the network. And for the nature of our cybersecurity platform, it's great because we're actually able to provide real-time threat protection even faster. Because uh, for networks, uh, for customers on, you know, sharing uh, capacity on this network. And so what we've already seen is that um, you know it's it's a great conversation starter from a business point of view to say, hey, we're on the same fiber network. We're a big supporter of this. Your advantages of us delivering cybersecurity, you know, threat protection over such a network, you're able to get it faster and at higher capacity, and we can actually help to defend the network overall. And so we're certainly excited here. I tend to think that uh, with the, the broader, perhaps broader approach that we're, we're able to take here uh, with this project in Bozeman, I actually think we, we may end up seeing, uh, you know, even more spectacular results than we already have on view. So for us, selfishly, that's there's very direct impact, very direct meaning. And I know there certainly is for a lot of other tech-first and tech-second businesses, uh, in, in terms of just redundancy, reliability, and, and certainly speed.
0: Yeah, I, I'd like to add on to that. Um, Go ahead, David. A couple of years ago, one of uh, Bo- one of Bozeman's largest businesses, a company called Right Now Technology, was acquired by Oracle, you know, the computing giant out of California. And so, um, as part of that, there's been a lot of energy as. As original, uh, right now, people cashed out and have gone on to start new businesses, a lot of software-as-a-service firms in the area. But also just having um, one of the largest software companies in the world with a significant number of employees in Bozeman, um, has, I think, put Bozeman on the map as a place where people can do more tech and startup kinds of things in this space. And so there is fiber in Bozeman, and and Oracle can certainly – uh, afford the fiber that's here. Um, but I think for a lot of these startup businesses, there's they're discovering there's a big gap between you know fiber-delivered broadband services that they can get and then everything else in the market as far as the service that they can get. And, and I think that's where this network comes in. And
2: David, could you just tell us briefly then how the network is, uh, what the plan is for financing it?
0: Sure. Well, the, the, this is very much a public-private partnership in terms of how we're financing it. So we're looking at um, our tax increment finance districts um, in the downtown and there's another central business quarter called the north seventh quarter um, where where we think this network would have a really big impact in uh, economic development and urban renewal and so we're hoping that those boards will will play a role in constructing uh, one of the phases of the network and then we're also uh looking at making this more like a business. I think where a lot of these open access networks have failed, they said we're going to build an open access network to every business and residence in our entire community, regardless of, of demand. And that's not what we're doing. In fact, part of the reason we've we've set this apart from the city and recommended creating an outside entity to manage it is um, we don't want, the city doesn't want the risk of doing that. Uh, but we also think that this, this needs to run like a business and make uh Decisions like a business. And so we're, we're hoping to, to use our financial performance to go out and, and um, get outside financing from just the financial sector. Uh, we, we think this business can stand on its own. And, um, and so that's going to be a big portion of what gets us started.
2: One of the things that we saw in our coverage from here in Minnesota as we're paying attention is that it seems like uh, you have a pretty friendly relationship with the existing providers in the community. And I'm curious if you can just tell us a little bit about how that came about. David, I think you were going to jump in on this one.
0: Sure. Well, I I think it started a long time ago when when we first started this, and and, and I think uh, Anthony talked earlier about the socialization aspect of we've really been making a big point of trying to explain to service providers and the general public about how this is an opportunity. This is a, a, a project that can raise everyone's boats. And, and so I think we, we've been really careful to meet with providers on a regular basis, to return their phone calls, to not see them as a threat, to not treat them as a threat. Uh, because honestly, we think that that everyone could benefit from this. And, and will, will all the providers ride the network? Maybe not, but but we think there's an opportunity there, and so we've we've really tried to be inclusive throughout this project and say th- this is not a threat to your business. In fact, it's an opportunity.
2: And Anthony, I'm curious in terms of the the network reach. Uh, you've been involved for a long time with it. Uh, do you have a sense of of if it will ultimately span the entire community, or will it just be based on demand, or do you see it more or less focusing on the local businesses?
4: You know, I, the the first. And again, we can speak in terms of phases, and I think that'll mean something different to, to pretty much everyone. But the three phases, we have them laid out um, up front, are primarily focused on um, capturing business, because obviously in terms of higher dollar services, higher need for differentiated services, I think it's it's clear that you know business is the is the way to focus there. We will not, however, be ignoring the, the residential component and simply we're not going to use the residential piece as project or financial justification. Longer term, as we've taken a look at, uh, you know, as you take a look at Proforma today, I think it's pretty clear that, especially as we start to get to year five, uh, even with very conservative take rates on the network, um, we, and we're excited about this, we get to the point that the network is not only hand, uh, handling its its own cash flow and OAM, but we can then begin to plow profits, uh, uh, you know, revenue back into expansion. And so I think over time, I think kind of years five through 10, I think that's going to be the point at which we're. Even if we don't achieve ubiquity with it um, we'll be pretty darn close in driving to that end to where it's simply a, a matter of if you have a house in Bozeman and chances are better than that, you'll you'll be on or very close to the network um, so I, I think that's that ubiquity is really kind of the the end state but up front you know I think uh, the the goal is to capture as much in terms of uh, business take rate as we can and then thoughtfully yet quickly you know build out from there to expand the reach
2: Excellent. Well, I want to give you each uh, an opportunity to say any last thoughts you may have. Um, so any thoughts, any final thoughts?
3: Sure. I guess I'll, I'll just take a, take a stab at that. Chris, thank you very much for having us on your podcast. It's, it's a great opportunity to talk about what we're working on here in Bozeman. And we're pretty excited about what the future holds for our community and, and for the growth of our, of our town and the businesses, uh, and the lifestyle that we're able to provide here. And we think that, that this, uh, open access fiber network is uh, another reason of the, of the, several that we we think we already have, uh, why good businesses, uh, tech businesses, and businesses of the 21st century would look to to our town as a place to to come and create jobs and diversify the local economy. So thank you very much for the opportunity to talk about that.
2: Well, thank you, Britt, and uh, thank you, David and Anthony. Uh, I think a lot of our listeners will be very interested to watch and see how this continues. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Follow the Bozeman tag at muninetworks.org for specifics and stay up to date on this project. Send us your ideas for the show. Email us at podcast at mutinetworks.org. Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We are at Community Nets. Thank you once again to Person for the song Blues Walk, licensed through Creative Commons. And thank you for listening. Have a great day.